Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Twin Suns Transmission. This is episode 150. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by my co-host, Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey, guys. We are so excited, Jesse. I don't even know if I've been this excited to do an episode in a long time. Like, there's so much good stuff to talk about on this episode. I know. I just feel like I've had the chills nonstop, probably because I've been watching the trailer nonstop. So I'm so ready. (laughs) Yes, Well, there was a new trailer, the final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker that aired this past Monday on ESPN for Monday Night Football at halftime. Of course, it pretty much immediately went onto YouTube and, of course, just spread all over the place, and it's been the talk of this week. So we will be talking about the final trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, but before we do that, we're going to get into some really interesting pieces of news unrelated to the rise of skywalker at least on the first thing here so we did get a little bit of news on the mandalorian and i know some people were kind of wondering how the mandalorian was gonna be released um are we gonna get like everything all at once or is it gonna be weekly or you know how's that all gonna work it has been released that it's it's there's really no rhyme or reason to any of these days Episode 1 is going to be released on the 12th of November for The Mandalorian, and then three days later, on the 15th, we'll get Episode 2. So, the 12th is the first day that Disney Plus is launching, so we'll have an episode right away, which is great, and then three days later, we'll get Episode 2, and then on the 22nd of November, we'll get Episode 3, the 29th of November, we'll get Episode 4... The 6th of December, we'll get episode 5. The 13th of December, we'll get episode 6. Which, I mean, at, at up until this point, um, everything's been a week apart, with the exception of the second episode, three days after the first. And then five days after episode 6, we're going to get episode 7, which will be the 18th of December, which is one day prior to the rise of Skywalker for most of us. So I'm wondering if... Anything within the first seven episodes of The Mandalorian will have anything to do with The Rise of Skywalker. Be pretty interesting to see there. So we will have seven episodes prior to The Rise of Skywalker, and then episode eight will be released on December 27th. So uh, looks like there's going to be eight episodes, at least to start, for The Mandalorian. So that'll be pretty cool. I'm really excited that they're releasing these only one week at a time because when it comes to like binge watching shows, I feel like that makes me feel like I have all the time in the world to watch it. And then there's always like the majority who sit and binge it all in one night. And then I feel like I'm like dodging spoilers all over the place. Yeah. 
So I'm really glad that these are coming out at like a slow pace and, you know, everybody will have like a week to watch before the next one comes out and it'll be like, it'll, it'll make us pace ourselves. Yeah, definitely exciting though. Like I'm just, my brain can't figure out what's going on. Like at first (laughs) I'm excited for the rise of Skywalker and then I'm more excited for the Mandalorian because, you know, we'll get a Mandalorian trailer or like new merch or something or like more pictures from you know behind the scenes or whatever and then we get the rise of skywalker trailer and i'm like oh crap i'm excited for that and i just i can't my brain's like pick one you know i know i feel like because mandalorian is our first like live action tv series like it almost feels like a new movie is coming out yeah like it feels like that's on the same level for me yeah so what do you think do you think that anything that we get in the mandalorian will have any sort of like effect on the rise of skywalker since we'll be getting seven episodes before the movie i feel like because you were saying how there's one episode that's releasing like at an odd day of the week you know all those other dates you listed were fridays um except for that first episode on november 12th so then we've got the episode coming out the day or two before the rise of skywalker and that yeah i feel like it's the 18th which is a wednesday Right, so like, why would they do that if it didn't have some kind of tie-in? Yeah, I don't know. It'll be cool. It'll be cool for sure. I feel Um, like it'll be at least something like, I don't know, if you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I I haven't, but I know it's popular. Yeah, it's, it's a good show. I really like it, but it's not the kind of show where you have to keep up with it to like get what's going on in the movies it just kind of like nods at the movies and like has like it ties in but it's like an unnecessary tie-in if that makes sense okay so i know this isn't like along the same timeline like that is along the same timeline as the movies coming out but i just feel like that's what it'll kind of be yeah well in addition to the schedule release for the mandalorian we did get one other piece of news this week and we are going to be getting more content for star tours and i know there's been some rumors going around uh unofficial rumors of course that uh star tours is going to be going away with the addition of galaxy's edge to disney but that does not appear to be the case star tours is going to be adding content from the rise of skywalker including kef beer I'm assuming that's how you sound uh, pronounce it. It's K-E-F space B-I-R, Kef Beer. Um, that is the ocean moon from the Rise of Skywalker. So a lot of the, uh, you know, the, the water with the waves and all that stuff uh, where you see sort of like fragments of the Death Star, that is going to be added to Star Tours at Disneyland, Disney World, Tokyo Disneyland, and also Disneyland Paris on December 20th, which is the official release for the film. So I'm very excited about that. Unfortunately, I won't be out in Florida or California in December, but I look forward to trying out the Rise of the Resistance at Galaxy's Edge and then hopefully in... um, August for celebration doing that as well as trying to check out some of these cool additions to Star Tours. Yeah, I might be there in May, so I'm really excited for there to be more Star Wars happening at Disney. 
And that would be just such a cool addition, going through all those waves and, ugh. Yeah. It just already looks so cool. Well, I haven't been to Star Tours since uh, The Last Jedi had been released. I hadn't been on the ride, so it had been a little bit. So this past August when I went out for the opening of Galaxy's Edge in Florida, I went on Star Tours and I finally got to go to Crate, which was a really cool planet to go to and fly through, you know, the Battle of Crate with the the red salt and, and everything. So that was really cool. Alright, well we know that everyone wants to talk about the Rise of Skywalker trailer, but before we do that, we are going to go into the most recent two episodes of Star Wars Resistance Season 2. So, we are going to be talking about spoilers with these episodes, so if you have not seen them, make sure to tune out now. Uh, But we'll be going through the second episode, which is a quick salvage run first. So... Just uh, a quick summary of the episode. So the Colossus is running out of necessities, and um, obviously that's a problem. Uh, They get to Dakar in the Ilenium system, and there are some serious uh, issues there. We obviously know what happens with the Resistance on Dakar. Um, They sort of get forced from the base and um, are not there anymore. And then that's sort of where The Last Jedi picks up. And so the goal is to get this coaxium from a uh, downed First Order Dreadnought in order to get the Colossus back up and running so that it can go through hyperspace again. So, Jesse, first and foremost, what do you think of this episode? I really liked this episode. I felt like it got us a lot of insight and a lot of hints at like questions we've had about Tam's you know how Tam is feeling about all this and if she's completely turned her back on her friends I just feel like we got a lot of new information with regards to Tam I love that these are like 50 50 now like they go back and forth between Tam and Kaz Mm -hmm. whereas Tam before was kind of more like a sideline character right so let me ask you this what did this episode tell you about Tam I feel like this completely flipped how I was feeling about Tam. I I was worried that, you know, I mean, it gave me what I was hoping for Tam. She seems sad when she's listening to Kaz's message. I, I don't know if that's the first time she's gone back to listening to it after she, you know, tossed the message to the side and didn't want to listen to it. Or if she's been re-listening to it often and is, like, feeling regrets. But she just looked sad looking at it. And she looked, like, regretful almost. Right. And she actually, when the Colossus jumps to hyperspace, she exhales. Almost yeah, like... she's, like, relieved. Right. And Agent Tierney later on basically says to her, like, well, you know, we expect you to bring us more information if Kaz reaches out again or like if you know where they are or whatever bring it to us and she's like yep so I don't know I mean I think you know we've talked about this on previous episodes in order for Tam to sort of like realize what's going on the first order is going to have to do something pretty bad that she doesn't agree with and I think not that we've gotten there yet because she still puts that helmet on. But yeah. I feel like she 
is sort of deep down understanding what the First Order is, whether or not she wants to accept it in her heart yet, you know? Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, even though she feels betrayed by, you know, our Colossus crew, I don't think she wants to see them, like, die, you know? Like, I don't think she's so angry at them that she wants to see them come just completely be obliterated so if it comes to it would she pull the trigger or will it be one of those you know kylo going up against leia situations where you just can't bring yourself to push the button i absolutely do not think she would be able to bring herself to push the button she didn't even want to it wasn't even her idea to give up that information you know yeah. Um, Rucklin basically made her. He said, you, t- you you show them what you have or I'll show them what you have. And so she knew she had to give yeah. that information, which makes me sad because Niku and Kaz still, like, believe in her. And I feel like there's, like, no way that she would have done that. And, and I don't think, I don't know if she would have if she wasn't, like, forced to. And that could be, you know, a whole other conflict just later down the line is them losing faith in her. I kind of want to go back to season one and watch the episodes that have Rucklin in them because I really feel like Tam kind of thought Rucklin was an idiot. Yeah. No, she did. Everyone did. Yeah. (laughs) He sucked. Yeah. (laughs) He was mean. He was a bully. And and she, and I was thinking about that in this episode, but then I rewatched it a few times in the beginning. Like she, like she called him a creeper. Yeah. Because <laughs> he like came out of nowhere, and at first I was like, "Man, she's like on his side," but she's, but she's not. Like she's like mad at him for like coming in and like listening and hearing that. She's like, "Get out of here, you creeper." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is kind of weird though, because think about the people that she's now surrounding herself with. You know, I mean it's. That has to say something about her or not, not, not about her, but like to her, you know, it has to show her these are the type of people that the first order is, you know, hiring, I guess. No, it is. And it, um, who is their friend? Rucklin. There's three of them, right? Yeah. One of them, um, Lynn, Lynn Gaba, it says in one of these, um, buckets lists, on StarWars.com, if you guys aren't looking at these bucket lists, they're so cool, and they have, like, the great great little background tidbit information. Um, but in one of these, for these two episodes, they did confirm that Lynn went with Rucklin. Yeah. And they were both bullies, you know? So she is surrounded by them, and at, but at the same time, she's not drinking the Kool-Aid like, like they probably are. Like, they are not... Mm-hmm conditioning her or brainwashing her well pyre actually says to tyranny she needs to be conditioned yeah and tyranny's like nope we want her as she is because we want her to help us find the colossus or something like that you know she'll be more of a benefit to us finding the colossus the way that she is so i think automatically right there you know tam's not dumb and i think her not being brainwashed, not being conditioned will, you know, ultimately help in her eyes being opened about what the First Order really is. But do you think Tyranny's, like, counting on that? Like, 
at first it, I felt like maybe they were underestimating Tam and underestimating how much regret she has for the decisions she's made or how much sadness it sees for her friends to be in harm's way. But the more I watched it, the more I was like, do they know that about her? Like, isn't it obvious? Like, you could see it on her face. Like, and I mean, that could be for us so that we know how Tam's feeling and not necessarily something that the other characters are supposed to be noticing. Mm -hmm. But, but I don't know. I, I feel like they're not that dumb, you know? Like, for her to go out of her way to say it'll be better this way for her not to be conditioned, I don't see how that can be if they're not expecting her to falter, try to contact them, try to get a hold of them, and then they're going to, you know, try to latch on and find the closet that way, you know? I think Tierney is expecting Tam to ride the wave of betrayal from her friends on the Colossus longer than it seems like Tam is because Tam, you know, like we talked about before, she exhaled after the Colossus went to hyperspace and this doesn't seem like it's been that long, you know, from the end of season one. So I really do feel like Tierney thinks that maybe it would have taken longer for Tam to sort of like, figure it out i guess or resort back to her friends or maybe she wasn't expecting kaz to reach out because if kaz didn't reach out then i feel like a lot of this would have been avoided kaz reached out so quickly and it's affecting tam whether or not she thinks it is or it's not it is yeah so i don't know but on the other side of the coin so we have kaz reaching out to tam which is then causing major problems for the resistance. And we we had Sonara sort of figure that out too and she's like, you know, well, this could this could cause problems for us because they could track us or whatever. And they do. And even at the end of the episode, Yeager was like the first order was already here. Why are they back? You know, so there's some confusion going on and and this is all due to Kaz. But, you know, we know that Kaz is sort of clumsy and he makes mistakes, but sometimes, much like Jar Jar, through his mistakes, you can achieve success. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like because Kaz reached out to Tam, Tam might be that link to success, even though it seems like it might be failure right now. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't even know if this is a real mistake from Kaz. Like, I mean, he knew what he was risking and he he just knew that Tam was worth it and that Tam deserved to hear that from him. Yeah. And no matter what it cost them, he he wanted to do that for Tam to try to get her to come back. Yeah. Let's go on to the next episode. Episode three of season two of Resistance is called Live Fire. And this was a pretty interesting episode. I actually really like this one. Gives you a lot of insight, not only in the First Order, but to the Colossus and the members of the Colossus. Um, it seemed like a reciprocal. Like, so you have the Colossus and then you go to the First Order and you have the Colossus that are working to be a team. You know, Yeager says, okay, we don't want any actual blasters. We're going to be using, you know, stun, stun shots. You go to the First Order and they're like, we don't use stun shots. We're going to use real shots against drones. 
you go back to the members of the Colossus and it's all about working as a team and having a wingman and you go to the First Order and we see Tam save Rucklin and that cost her squad leader. Just the act of saving a fellow pilot she get re- she gets reprimanded for. So definitely seems very, very opposite, which I guess shouldn't surprise us. But what do you think of this episode as a whole? I thought this was a great episode. I totally agree. I loved getting, you know, deeper into the workings of the First Order. I'm going to use Castastrophe for the uh-huh. rest of this season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> whenever Cast does something wrong. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, I really like this episode and, you know, to kind of expand off of what you were saying with the contrast between the first order and the resistance, I thought it was super interesting that Griff, when they're training with the aces and Yeager, Griff tells the others to, to watch his back and they're like, Oh, we didn't know the first order. Or we didn't know the Empire, you know, used to do stuff like that. Yeah. And he's like, we weren't. We didn't. And that's why we lost. Yeah. So the exact, I thought that. The quote was from Freya. She says, I didn't know Imperial pilots were so concerned with one another, Griff. And he goes, we weren't. That's why we lost. Yeah. And that just confirmed, too, that he was he was in the Empire. I mean, he always is very Empire-y, but... I feel like that was like the first confirmation of him being like actually in the Imperial Navy. What'd you think of hype in this episode? Cause he kind of, he kind of was a jerk at the beginning. He was a jerk, but I feel like that was to remind us that these, the aces are not military. They are racers. They're yeah. NASCAR. They're security. They're not military. And now they have to learn to be that. And and it's not necessarily fair to expect that everyone who's a good pilot is going to want to, you know, fight with their lives, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of why Hype had to be such a jerk throughout this episode is to kind of see that transition from being a racer to a military pilot. So here's another question. And this could be just through, you know, association, I guess, knowing that that Kaz is now associated with the resistance, but it was a big deal in season 1 that Yeager keep hidden the fact that he worked and flew for the rebellion, right? I mean, it was he had that one little like photo, you know, screen that was locked in his quarters that really no one went in. Rucklin broke in there with Kaz in one episode, but for the most part, that was not something that really Yeager wanted people to know about. But in this episode, we get Hype basically saying that he doesn't want to be a part of the Resistance. He's not signing up for that. You know, he'll be a racer, he'll be an ace, he'll defend the Colossus, but he's not signing up for the Resistance. So was this something that you think... Hype just assumed that Yeager was part of the resistance because really, I mean, is Yeager part of the resistance? I mean, he's helping his friend Poe, but like, I don't, I don't really know if Yeager has fully committed himself to being a part of the resistance. He kind of got sort of like thrust into babysitting Kaz a little bit. Yeah. 
I feel like it's just kind of unspoken with Yeager at this point. Like, I, there wasn't, like, a moment where he said, like, oh, I guess I'm in the resistance now. Like, he just kind of, is. his, you know, way of, he just is. Yeah, his way of life was at risk, at danger, and he's, you know, the most well-equipped to help. And I feel like he's just not a, the kind of person to just sit back and be like, well, I didn't sign up for this, you know, and just sit right. on the ship and let everyone else figure it out. He knows he's, you know, the most equipped person on that ship to help them. And that's just the kind of person he is. Yeah. Well, Yeager gets promoted to squad leader. I guess that's a promotion. And Kaz becomes an ace. So uh, Kaz and Yeager now have prominent roles within the uh, the Colossus and I think it's pretty interesting that the first test run that they do and the, the training that they do on the Ice Moon, it's Yeager and Kaz versus all the aces uh, and Kaz flying around in his rust bucket of the fireball and, <laughs> you know, working as a team, they, they're able to kind of embarrass the aces. Yeah. So I think it's, it's you know, really important for the aces to learn how to work as a team and it seems like at the end of the episode hype finally realizes the importance of that um and he officially welcomes kaz to the aces and i think that shows a lot about hype first of all just to be able to admit that you were wrong and sort of learn from your mistakes but i think it's going to be important for the aces to work together to defend the Colossus against the First Order later on. Yeah, I agree. I am so happy Kaz is an ace. I feel like it's he just deserves it. And I feel like it'll be really instrumental to their team to have someone who's military trained and not just a racer to help get them together for what they need to do. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about the First Order and Tam in this episode. And I know... On our previous episode, we talked about things that make Tam feel that that make Tam feel dehumanized, and you know, part of that was being referred to as what is it, DT five three three? I think so. Yeah, DT five three three, and that's what they're referring to Tam as now in the first order. That's that's how that's that's her call sign. That's who she is. And also thinking about wearing your helmet versus not wearing your helmet. They actually, I think it's Tierney that says not to forget to wear her helmet or something like that. But then Mm -hmm. a new character, Lieutenant Gallic, she basically says being seen with your helmet off in the First Order is a privilege. And she has not earned that privilege yet. So I think to her, she's quickly realizing that she's just another number. Yeah. And I just, the whole thing where they're training and they don't care whether, you know, the cadets die in training. Like, how about dehumanizing that? Like, you're, you're worthless if you make a mistake. You're worthless if someone's better than you. Like, you know, if, if you're not top and alive, then you're nothing. And they're better off without you. Yeah. It's pretty messed Scary. up. Well, we can only hope that, you know, Tam starts to realize what what she signed up for. And and I really do deep down feel like Tam will come around, but I think it's it adds a interesting aspect to the story with her in the first or, in the first order. So, 
I'm excited about it, and I think it's it's gonna season two is gonna continue to to be great. I love season two so far. Me too. And this whole first order like deep dive that we're getting is really making everything about coming up to the rise of Skywalker just seems so much more formidable. Like the first order is just, they're just kind of driving it home that like, this is like almost a bigger bad than the empire is what it's starting to feel like to me. I don't know if you're getting that same feeling. Like it's no longer like, Hey, enlist, join us. It's like, Tam is weird for volunteering, you know? Yeah. Everyone else is, like, captured and brainwashed as a young child. They're, like, intense, big bats. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, we'll talk about this more when we talk about the trailer, but I think the First Order really would present a problem for the Empire if, you know, they were around at the same time or were going up against each other. I think the First Order is just ruthless. Like, they just don't care. Don't enlist. We're just going to, oh, you're a baby. Okay, now you're a stormtrooper. Right. And we already have two examples with Doza and with Griff. So these are two examples of people who were in the Empire. So they elected to be a part of the Empire, and now the Empire is gone, and they changed their ways and are just, like, decent people in society. Yeah. You know? So Mm -hmm. it kind of makes you think back and look back at the Empire and be like, most of those people were just, like, doing their job and we're just like feeding into the propaganda and believing that they were doing good you know yeah most of those foot soldiers and officers were like not inherently bad people but that's like that is definitely what we're dealing with now (laughs) yeah well star wars resistance season two continues on disney xd this upcoming sunday october 27th and the new episode which will be episode four is called hunt on selsor 3 so we'll see what that episode has in store for us on sunday it's an instinct together we're not alone good people will fight if we lead them people keep telling me they know me no one does Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. Confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny.
let's go ahead and talk about the newest Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer. By the way, tickets are on sale now for the film. And Jesse, I'm pleased to announce that we got like 25 tickets for the opening night fan event on October 19th, which I'm very excited about. I cannot wait to I, to go see it. I'm so stoked. Everybody at work is like, oh yeah, tickets are on sale. Have you gotten there? So I'm like, yes, I have. I am ready. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to AMC. And they have, um, so for the fan event, I guess we get some sort of like concession perk. I don't know if it's money off popcorn or if it's like a free small popcorn or it's some some like concession benefit and then we also get an opening night commemorative pin for the rise of skywalker which i i mean i'm just i'd pay 26 bucks for that you yeah know? so i love a good pin yeah so very excited about that and i also got uh so our showing's at five o'clock and at 8 30 i'm gonna see it again at a different theater so I'm so excited, like <laughs> two times in, you know, six hours or whatever it is, or three uh, three and a half hours, I guess, between start times, so pretty, pretty stoked. All right, let's talk about this trailer. Holy crap, like I watched it, and I, I've seen it, I don't know how many times now, but every time I just, I feel like getting goosebumps and then crying and then being happy and then confused and then I just don't even know what to do. I'm just, like I stand and then I sit and then I walk around the kitchen and then, like I just can't figure out what I'm supposed to do with my hands. I don't know what to do. Um, I know. But I'm very excited. I'm going to start... Just briefly, my thoughts, and I'm not going to talk about any specific scene, but just the trailer itself. I have to say, the thing that stood out to me the most, just visually, is how everything looks like it was shot. The, the settings, the backdrops, the sets, it just all looks amazing. Whether you know it's the colors or the reflections, like it looked like there was almost like an iceberg in that one scene. Yeah. With the with the Tie Fighters, you know, with like the reflection in the water, or maybe that wasn't a, reflex, a reflection. I don't know what that was. It was gorgeous. It just looks so beautiful. The massive ship battles with fleets in the background, the desert scenes, the jungle scenes, the greens versus the blues versus the reds versus the water versus like the sand. Everything just looks so pretty to me. Yeah, it was like every single scene like you could pause that at any moment and it was like a work of art yeah and that's the, that's the thing just visually i could turn the sound off and just watch the trailer because it just looks amazing so i'm just very excited to see the cinematography and like how everything looks but we'll go with you first now what do you think of this trailer i if i could just spit out out everything you said and just put it in my voice that would be great because that <laughs> is exactly how I felt I've just been getting the chills over and over again every single time and I can't tell you how many times I watched this just in the days since it's been out and then just today alone getting ready to talk about it like in every single time I've gotten the exact same feelings and emotions and like goosebumps all over again yeah it just looks beautiful, and I just, there's so many things 
that were just unexpected to me and, and, you know, and we still don't know anything, but I just kept getting all these different like feelings about this trailer. I was like, Oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting to feel this way about this person. And like, it just, yeah, I just feel like it's going to blow us away. I think it is too. I really do. And let's talk a little bit about the beginning of the trailer first with Ray kind of running through the jungle. I've had some people say, Oh yeah, it's gotta be Endor. You know, we're dealing with the second death star and stuff. Uh, to me, it looked more where we see Ray running part of it. Obviously we know from other trailers that there are big trees and, you know, foresty areas, but to me it looked more like a jungle yeah. than like a forest. So I, if I were to guess, I would say, no, it's not Endor. But even as we see her running in the first scene with the helmet that falls on the ground and then she's running through, she's deflecting a training droid blast. It makes the sound of her deflecting a training droid because it's the same sound as we get in episode four, if I'm not mistaken. And when we see her throw her lightsaber in the other trailer, she's taken out the training remote. So I think she's doing some sort of like advanced training or something. At least that's what it seems like to me. And it's very reminiscent of her like, you know, climbing, jumping, running. To me, it was like that's her natural state. We've seen her sort of being a scavenger, going through the Star Destroyers, exploring, climbing. So I think I think this is Rey in her natural habitat. I 100% agree. And even... For a moment when, you know, it flashes kind of from the forest and then she jumps over that huge cavern and then all of a sudden she's on like metal inside of a ship. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, is this a flashback to like Jakku? Like is she's having flashbacks to being a scavenger and like climbing through downed ships? But then I'm like, is she in the Death Star? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, she just looks she looks awesome, and yeah, it's so reflective of where we found her. Yeah, and I'm very excited to see what this movie brings for Ray. You know, there's been speculation like the rise of Skywalker is Ray a Skywalker? I don't know. We get audio from Ray saying, "People keep telling me they know me, but no one does," and then. Like, a couple beats go by, and then Kylo says, but I do, or something like that. Now, to me, I feel like this could be a a trailer trick. You know, this is cutting, this is editing. I wouldn't be surprised if Ray says, people keep telling me they know me, but no one does. And when Kylo says, but I do, that's something totally different. That's, like, not even the same scene in the actual movie. But the way that they cut it makes me think that if it is like linear, if that is Kylo's response, then, I mean, we know that there's a connection between Kylo and Rey. So if Kylo says your parents sold you for drinking money and Rey or and Kylo really does know more than anyone else does about Rey, maybe Kylo wasn't lying. Maybe Rey is nobody. I don't know. I really think she's nobody. Like, I am I think that's where my stance is going to stay until we, you know, get the final conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it's not linear, even if, you know, that's not his, his exact response to her saying, nobody knows me, it still feels like it's reflective. Like, even if it's out of order and he's saying that, you know, it doesn't feel like he would say 
say that to someone else. He might not be responding directly to that sentence, but like that feels like that has meaning and weight that is directly related to her saying that people say they know me, but no one does. Mm -hmm. I do feel like because they have that connection that he does know her, even if she is no one, like they have such a weird, deep force connection, kind of similar to what we're seeing right now in... Dooku Jedi Lost, Mm -hmm. this is what it reminds me of, at least, um, between Dooku and his sister. They immediately feel that this, this, like, deep connection that comes from the Force. And I'm not saying that means that they have to be related or anything, but just, there's just people out there that I just feel like have, have a connection. Mm -hmm. And they do. And I I don't think that necessarily means they need to be related. Although, now that I've said this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Luke and Leia have that same weird connection too. And so now you related. just did you just, just convince like, yourself that they're related now? Uh, Is that... uh, just a little bit, but <laughs> but like it just I just feel like we've done that, and it doesn't need to go there. Like I don't need it to go there. Um, I don't think they're related. I don't. That doesn't I, make sense. I do think that there is a force connection between the two, and this is not. I mean, this is this has been explored not only with interviews with the actors. There is a connection, a deep connection between Rey and Kylo that will be continuously shown and talked about in The Rise of Skywalker. We'll get more of that there. Um, but even in the games, like the Fantasy Flight Star Wars Destiny game, you can have a, a deck of Rey and Kylo together. And normally, like, you can't have a light side and a dark side character on the same squad. But you can with Kylo and Rey if you have a certain plot card that that allows them to fight together. So there is, you know, it's not it's not just something that they're exploring in the movies. This is expanding into merchandise and, and strategy games and things like that. So this is a this is a serious thing. I don't know if they're going to be romantically involved. I don't know if they're going to be related. I don't think they will be. But Nevertheless, there is a connection there that I think we will see. And throughout this trailer, we get not only Rey and Kylo fighting each other, but also it seems like in one scene, fighting together again. Yes. So what do you think that means? I just feel like they are equal opposites of each other. No matter how many times they shut each other out, I feel like they are just going to be drawn together. Because if you think about, you know, force users that are available right now, like, they're it mm-hmm. when it comes to conventional lightsaber-wielding force users. Yeah. They're who's around at this time. I just feel like there would be a natural draw between the two of them. And I just really feel like one of my biggest predictions is that this is going to end with them on the same side together. And I think that's, I think it'll be the light side. And there's going to be, so essentially that means that they're going to probably take out Palpatine together and then live happily ever after as Force users. (laughs) I don't think we'll get that lucky. (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I feel like in the end, Kylo's going to turn to the light. And I don't know, I don't know if this is going too far for this trailer discussion, but just from what we've seen in the last trailer with Ray seeming to 
slip to the dark side or whether it's a vision or not, who knows, but we see her with that Swiss Army red lightsaber that I love. And it just makes me feel like like the whole Kylo thing, his whole thing that he's got going on where he's the only dark side character we've ever seen that feels an actual pull to the light. Like it's actually difficult for him to get into the dark side. Mm-hmm. And then we have Ray, who is obviously clearly a light side character, but when she fights, like she's like oddly intense and angry. Yeah. Seems to like easily slip into dark, maybe without noticing. And that's just so like I don't know, it's just so interesting to me. I just I just feel like they can't not both end up on the same side at some point. I just feel like they are the balance to each other. My prediction is Kylo bites it at the end. I think he's going to go. Yeah, which would be sad. It would be because I feel like I'm just starting to like him. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing with Kylo is that there's only so many characters that can die. You can't... I I don't feel like Rey will die. I don't feel like... Chewbacca's gonna die. I think Chewbacca will live. I really, I really do. Just because really there's so many, so. there's so many more things that you could have Chewbacca in if he lives through this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't that's know. A, yeah, that's an easy character to like keep around. Yeah, till the end of time. But we'll see. We don't want to get too far off track here with predictions right. and stuff. <laughs> no, it's it's not it's not you. But we will have more discussions on like our thoughts. Leading up to the rise of Skywalker, uh, as we get closer, give it another month or month and a half or so, we'll get there. But let's continue talking about the trailer. So there's a lot of crazy things that we see in this. And one thing that I really like is that we're constantly getting more inspiration turning into reality from Ralph McQuarrie's original designs. The throne that we see, it looks almost spiky, right? It's... Like, the backdrop of the throne has points and and things to it. That was one of Ralph McQuarrie's original concepts for the throne for Return of the Jedi, and now here we are getting it for The Rise of Skywalker. So I would just assume, because it was concept for Return of the Jedi, that this is probably the throne that we will see Palpatine on, whether or not that is Palpatine in the flesh or something that Palpatine just uses as a some sort of like symbolic throne or whatever i don't know i don't know how we'll see palpatine but what did you think first of all just with like the throne area and some of the some of the palpatine scenes that we get in this trailer i think it's super interesting because they first take us to the original emperor throne in the destroyed death star and you have ray and kylo standing opposite of each other other with everything destroyed Mm -hmm. and so you get that original throne which is just desolate it looks like nothing's there and it's just some interaction between Rey and Kylo Mm -hmm. but then when they show that throne like that's the first introduction to like his voice yeah and and that is when he's saying that he's like long have I waited like like it's yeah like something about that throne it has like tied him to life it almost feels like long have i waited and now you're coming together is your undoing so it seems like palpatine has sort of anticipated this and waited until like the opportune moment 
for the resistance to gather all of its forces and according to Palpatine that will be their undoing so I, I don't know I think it's interesting I think I think the theme the, the scene that you're talking about with like the original second Death Star um, with like the ruins and everything and we see Ray in there I think that is going to be something that's like in the middle of the movie and then mm-hmm. toward the end of the movie we'll get this other throne and more on Palpatine or is now you're coming together as you're undoing. Is that referring to Ray and Kylo? Yeah, could be. Could be. It could be the teaming up of the two of them that causes problems. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't see Palpatine at all in this. We we saw like the side of a robe yeah. or hood or something. But there's a hand. There's a hand. That- I don't, yeah, I didn't see the hand. I had to like rewatch that so many times because I was like, I see something. I keep, I kept like seeing like a flash of like white, and I rewatched it a whole bunch of times, and it is a hand, like a white, like I mean, and to be fair, I could not get, I could not get it to pause right on the hand. I wanted so badly <laughs> to get it to pause on the hand, but I couldn't because it's so fast right before the scene flips and switches to the next scene, but. It's a hand reaching out of like that robe towards Ray, and that's when she starts like taking steps back. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it I, might not be corporeal. It might be like something else. Yeah. But like in my little flash, like what how I perceived it, it looked co- like like a real like a body hand. Oh my god. I I just, here's the thing. So these trailers do things that are crazy. So for the last Jedi trailer, right, we had essentially Kylo on the supremacy with the fire surrounding him, but it was a close-up on his face, and then we see him reaching his hand out. Or maybe we see Rey first or something. It was Rey on Octo with Luke with, like, a a little fire that they're having and she's like I need someone to show me my place in all this then they cut to Kylo with all the fire that just happened around the supremacy in the battle with the Praetorian guards and we see him reach his hand out those two scenes are not together like you know when we see Rey it's not the same scene as when we see Kylo but the lighting and essentially like everything else makes it look like those two scenes could be together ray could be like that could be something that ray says to kylo but that's something that ray says to luke so the way that they cut these trailers is confusing and the audio that said is is meant to trick us i think so i don't know i think you know we might have all these ideas of what could happen but it's very very likely that what we say doesn't happen <laughs> you know yeah so. i know i still am obsessed with that one maz Kanata um quote from the trailer of the force awakens where she asks i mean probably ray who are you like i'm yeah. like obs- i still like hear it clear as day in my head all the time and it's like so frustrating that it's not in there but like i totally get like i don't want to be able to figure it all out from the trailer yeah like i definitely want to still have a surprise i want to be tricked at this point still yeah i think i think lucasfilm loves this they're just like hey watch this post a trailer and then like chaos ensues among fans and you know when we actually see the movie it won't be anything like what we think but 
it'll be interesting to see nonetheless. But anyway, let's continue. So there's a couple different things, and we talked about some of them as far as like dialogue within this trailer. We talked about what Ray says about people tell her that they're they know her, but no one really does. We talked about that a little bit. We talked about Palpatine saying, "Long has he waited, and now you're coming together as you're undoing." There's another set of dialogue that we get from Luke that says confronting fear is the destiny of a jedi and then there's a little bit of a pause and then he says your destiny so to me and i got into a discussion uh with a co-worker about this today they're like well that doesn't make any sense because the whole point of the last jedi was luke saying the jedi need to end and blah 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 and then refusing the to aid you know someone who wants to learn about the force i'm like no that's not the point of the last jedi <laughs> the point of the last jedi is that Luke does come in to save at the end, and he specifically tells Kylo he will not be the last Jedi, then they cut to Rey. So, in my mind, Luke knows that Rey's a Jedi. And this line here where he says, confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi, dot, 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 your destiny, I think he's talking to Rey, and I think we will get some more Luke having dialogue with Rey and maybe training her a little bit more in this movie. Yeah, I loved that quote so much. Like, I want to, like, tattoo it on my body. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be, like, one of my new favorite Star Wars quotes because it's just, like, just such a beautiful message in it of itself. And then I totally agree with what you're saying about Luke. I feel like The Last Jedi was kind of him confronting his own failures. Yeah. And he kind of tried to pin that on the Jedi, but really it, it wasn't, you know, just the failure of the Jedi. It was also the failure of himself. Yeah. So, and, and Ray saves all those old um, Jedi texts from yeah. the spooky tree. Yeah, yeah. And we <laughs> um, do know that, you know, it, it's a year later. It's a year after The Last Jedi. So she's had a year to, to work with those. Right. Maybe she actually read them unlike Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see how powerful Rey actually is because it looks like she's going to be pretty pretty strong in this in this film, jumping over that uh, that Tie Fighter in the first trailer that we see. Oh, so yes. I'm excited to see what her how her abilities have evolved. Let's talk a little bit about these these ship battles because it looks like in this episode it's essentially going to be Endgame with ships, like yes. Marvel Endgame. Avengers with ships, you know, like massive fleets. The Resistance has had time to essentially recruit. And if you're reading the book club books with us, we know that Vi Marathi is recruiting on on Batu. We know that the Resistance feels sort of beat up and down, and they're not stopping. They are continuing to recruit members to their cause. They're going to continue to, you know, get pilots and get bases and, and acquire weapons and things like that. So we see in this trailer a massive amount of resistance ships, including not only the Millennium Falcon, Jesse, but another ship that I feel like a lot of fans will know. Yes. The Ghost. So um, here's one so question stoked. for you. It's the uh, $1 million question. Who's piloting the ghost? <laughs> I know. I hope it's Hera. I hope Hera's in there. 
I've seen so many theories on that. Could it be Hera? Could it be Ahsoka? Could it be Ezra and Thrawn that have come back to join uh, the Rebels? Could it be... Who is it? Who is it? I don't know. I'm excited, though. Could it be Jason Sindula? That's what I was wondering. How many years has it been? Is he old enough yet? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he yeah he's old enough, right? Yep. Yeah, because essentially what we see at the end of Rebel Season 4... He's He's, I don't know, what is he, six? Or gotta be like, less than that? Yeah, but he's got to be like 30, 35 by now? Ep- episode 7 happens 30 years after Return of the Jedi, and then this is one year after Last Jedi, but Last Jedi, between The Force Awakens and Last Jedi, it's only like a couple weeks or something. So, yeah. So he's definitely old enough to pilot it. It means Hera's old. Yep. But she's probably still got it. I mean, she was around during the Clone Wars, <laughs> so she's gonna be she's gonna be a little older. She'll be older than Leia. Yeah, I mean, ugh, I just I really hope. I mean, I don't know. We only got like the nod to them in Rogue One. Yep. So I kind of hope we get a little bit more than a nod. I kept pausing all of the scenes where they had just, you know, mass amounts of, like, resistance people. And I'm like, green luck you. Green luck you. Give me green luck you. (laughs) Well, we see in the one scene at the beginning, uh, the yellow shirt. You know, Lando is is at, like, a briefing table. So I'm excited to see what Lando brings to the table. But I don't know. I mean, it could be a situation like uh, Rogue One where we just see the ship. We have no idea who's piloting it. We don't even get any more information on it. It's just there. Right. So, I don't know. Although, I feel like this is all just, like, it's it's wrapping it all up. And it's all coming to an end. And, like, yes, some of these characters can survive and, like, spin off. Um, like, like Thrawn and Ezra easily. And maybe an Ahsoka Sabine thing easily. But, like, I just feel like if they're gonna put an end at all these, like, little filling in storylines like rebels and um, resistance and everything. Like, I feel like there needs to be like a slightly larger, like nod. Yeah. That's more than just like, Oh, do you see that right over there? That's the ghost. Like, I just, I want more than that so badly. Yeah. Well, they put it in the trailer. So I think, I think that might mean that they feel like, Oh, this is, this will be nice for them to see, but we got a lot more to show them. I know. So, Yeah couple other things so continuing with the fleets i mean it seems like we get a lot of ships obviously we know we saw that one scene with the d23 sizzle reel i think it was um with all of the imperial star destroyers um like a bunch of them just sitting there and waiting so like i said i think we'll get a massive space battle obviously the uh the scene where we see all the resistance ships and then the scene where we see the imperial star destroyers it does not look like that's the same scene like it doesn't look like they're gearing up for battle in the same scene just based off the background but i don't know but i'm very excited to see all that it looks like in one scene did it did it look like to you people were like running on the surface of a ship yeah, I'm looking at that right now. It looks like they are on, I don't know what the creatures are, but whatever those creatures are, we kept getting keep getting these beautiful stills 
uh, Finn and some other characters on those like giant like horse things. Yeah, they're called Orbox. O R B A K S. Orbox. I feel like people are riding those. Mm-hmm. Because I have it screenshot on my phone. And I'm just like zooming in on it now. Like it looks literally like they're like riding those on top of a star destroyer. Yeah. So. I mean, we've seen situations in Star Wars where a ship might be in, like, the upper atmosphere of a planet or something where they can still be on the outside of a ship while it's flying, but it's not necessarily in space. Okay, I just really zoomed in. BB-8's rolling on it. Yeah, we see him rolling. He's, like, (laughs) keeping up with the ore box. I was about to mention that, too. I'm like, yeah, BB-8, like, you're keeping up with those horses, dude. Yeah, like, you're so, just, like, a freaking racer so, out there. Then there's two images of that. There is the direct image where they zoom in on everyone on the ore box with BB-8 rolling to the side. And then that is an aerial shot later with all the other ships in the air around them with people running and riding on them. That is just the same shot. So that is Finn. Mm-hmm. Like, that's everyone. Who else is in that photo? I have to go back. Jana. Jana, I can't recognize anyone else. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I don't even know what to do. Like, again, I feel like I should stand up and, like, walk around the kitchen and, like, figure (laughs) out what to do with myself. Just because there's so much, there's so much to discuss and, like, figure out from this trailer. One thing that I feel like really caused a lot of people to shed a tear was the scene with C-3PO. Poe asks him what he's doing and 3PO says he's just like taking one last look at his friends or something like that. What do you think that means? I feel like it means, it could mean two things to me that have come to my head is either he's in some way sacrificing himself mm-hmm. for them one way could be that he's is he oh, it almost seems like he's gonna like wipe his memory or something because r2 is there and he i can't tell if r2 is like excited or, or like has a lot of anxiety because he's you know doing his little like back and forth dance on both his, his little astromech legs and like yeah. kind of like squeaking and screaming but it's like that that could be a happy dance or that could be a hey what are you doing dance yeah but if it's like a happy dance part of me like feels like maybe their memories are like getting wiped like maybe they just like feel like they know too much and they don't want to be a risk anymore and they're like wiping their memories here's what i think i think the resistance is is going to feel like they are completely outmatched desperate and in need of any help that they can possibly get. And therefore, I think this little dude, Babu Frick, who we see working on what looks like the back of 3PO's head, is going to do something to him to make him be like combat mode, like, you know, point of no return. That's why I think we see him with red eyes. I think he's going to go into this like crazy, like combat mode thing. But I feel like that might do something to his circuits or, you know, his his um, programming or something to cause him to, like, after he does that, that's it. Like, he's done, you know? So yeah. 
I feel like they're gonna need like maybe three PO will will volunteer his services. Babu will work on making him into this combat mode droid. That's why we've seen him with you know the red eyes and and also Chewbacca's bowcaster at one point. I think we see him in like a on the poster one of the posters we see him with that and also. Um, one of the new Black Series figures that's coming out, he's got Chewbacca's bowcaster and, and his bandolier. So I think maybe 3PO goes into this combat mode, and uh, before he does that, he might say he's taken one last look at his friends. That's what I think. But yeah, all speculation. Who knows? That was sad. And I also was just kind of like, yeah, me too. Like, cause this <laughs> is all over. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah. What else? Oh, Zori Bliss. We saw her. She's also in that scene. Carrie Russell's character. She's in that scene standing right next to Poe. Did you notice her there? Yeah, I did. And I feel like I've been, you know, my initial kind of like vibe for her was that she was going to kind of be like, a, like, you know, someone to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not a trustworthy person, especially since she's always wearing this mask so far and what we've seen her. But just the way she was standing there and seemed to be like, you know, looking back and forth and looking at Poe and just seemed very like docile in that moment starts to make me feel like she's going to be more of an asset than like an enemy. Right. Well, I do know, I think it was in the Vanity Fair article or it was in something that basically said that Zori Bliss had a past with Poe. I don't know yeah. if that means it's like a romantic past or if it's just like childhood friends or what that means, but... I believe it said old friends. Okay. So maybe Zori is there to help Poe out or something. I don't know. But it'll be interesting. Uh, she's one of the characters that I'm most excited for. I don't know why. I just like the look. I like her helmet yeah. and like her outfit. She just looks pretty awesome. So I'm excited to see what she does. And she's played by Carrie Russell, like you said. So I feel like she might be kind of like acrobatic you know she might do some real cool (laughs) things so we'll see anything else you want to talk about related to the trailer specifically oh gosh i mean seeing leia and Mm. just hearing her voice at the end just the way this trailer ends with luke saying the force will be with you and then you hear leia's face or you hear Leia's voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we see Leia's face, which is really exciting. We get to see yeah. her hugging Ray, and then a tear rolls down Ray's eye, and that's just like, you know, just like we get like another goodbye from her from the beyond, which is really special. And and then having it be ended on that note with the two of them saying the Force will be with you, and Leia saying always. And as soon as Leia says always. Ray has like this, like her whole face changes for just like a moment. She goes from just looking very serious and intense to like hope. Like her, everything about her face, like immediately, I was just like, oh my god, that was Ray, like having hope. Like, mm-hmm. I just love the way that ended. Lucasfilm has not been shy about drilling it into our brains that this is the final episode of the Skywalker saga. But if you think about it, the Skywalker saga is nine movies. And these characters we've been with for a lot of them. You know, Luke we've been with for six of them. Leia, same thing. And these characters are iconic. These characters are, like I said, they're iconic. They're they're icons. They are pop culture 
giants. Um, like people who don't watch Star Wars, like know. Yeah. Who they are. Yep, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia. I mean, yeah. he, this is a big deal. And I, I've I've had some people say, well, I don't understand why, you know, this is the, the end of the Skywalker saga. Why are Luke and Leia and Han or whoever not on the poster? Well, first of all, Han's dead. Second of all, Luke's dead. And third of all, it's the rise of Skywalker. And Luke, Leia, and Han aren't in episodes one, two, and three, unless you want to include baby Luke and Leia in episode three. But for the most part, I mean, this is a saga that deals with more than just a few characters. Like, we expand a lot, you know? And we get to see a a ton of different characters as the saga goes on. And we know that Ben Solo has Skywalker blood, so it's not just... It's not the rise of Luke Skywalker or the rise of Leia Organa Skywalker, whatever. It's more than just these characters. It's more than just the original trilogy characters. It is an entire saga. So I don't know what the rise of Skywalker is referring to. If it's a person, if it's a group of people, I don't know. But I guarantee you that whatever Lucasfilm and Disney does with this will be in the best interest of Star Wars and its fans. So I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I agree. I just, yeah, I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. And I went back and I looked at the Vanity Fair article notes that I had taken down. And some of these quotes by Kathleen Kennedy just made me do like fist pumps in the air. Just because like, (laughs) What did she say? She said, Star Wars is purposely being made different because people are different and the world is different than it was in 1977. And I think that's great. I mean, you have to evolve. She also said you can't even do what Marvel does necessarily where you pick a character and, and build new franchises around these characters. This needs to evolve differently. And I think that's a problem like where people just view Star Wars and Marvel as the same thing and compare the two so much but they're not the same thing you know they are two separate things and i've seen articles that were like oh um the rise of skywalker ticket sales are obliterating end games like the pre like over the first however many hours i'm like why do you do that it doesn't matter (laughs) stop it now you're just creating you're creating an unnecessary comparison whether or not the rise of skywalker is the top-grossing film of all time and obliterates Endgame at the box office. It, it, that's not something to discuss, you know, five days after ticket sales go live. Like, it doesn't... Right. <laughs> you're just creating unnecessary drama by posting that, you know? Yeah, it's there's no way the end result is being reflected right now. And you're right, they're, they're so immensely different. So immensely different. And I really love how this is evolving. And you you can just see it in the scenes and just how this this trailer just gave me like a whole different vibe. Like it's Star Wars and it's very much, very much Star Wars. But it's like, it feels like I'm ready to get like a whole new new vibe in this movie. Mm -hmm. And that is what I want out of Star Wars. I don't want the same vibe over and over again for 40 years. That's boring. I yeah. want it to keep evolving and, and changing and looking different. This is nothing like the originals. Yeah, that's the point. You know? That's boring. Like, yeah. 
like we we said, Star Wars is being made differently because the world's different. So, and, which I love because it's yeah. just that's that's media in general. It reflects what's going on in today's world. It wouldn't be interesting to us if it didn't. Yeah, wouldn't be relatable. Well, there's obviously so much to discuss with not only the trailer, but our predictions for the Rise of Skywalker. I mean, this is, like we've talked about, the final installment of the nine-episode saga for the Skywalkers. It'll be exciting. Bring your tissues. Bring your blankets. It'll be December. (laughs) Bring your friends. You know, this is something to bring your family to. This is, you guys are going to be a part of history I mean, literally seeing a Star Wars movie, the final installment of the Skywalker saga on opening day or even opening weekend or whatever, just with your family in theaters on the big screen, you guys are part of history. And that's um, that's something that I'm I'm excited to share with you, Jesse, and share with my other friends and family. It's uh, I'm just so excited for it. I cannot wait. I agree. I'm excited to force my husband to come with us and make him rewatch all the movies leading up to it so that he gets excited too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we will have more relating to the rise of Skywalker as we get closer to the film. Um, it's getting close. It's less than two months now. So very exciting there. Obviously we are going to be talking more about star Wars resistance as we continue with that, as well as continuing with our book club. We are just about done with Dooku Jedi lost And then in the month of November, we are going to be going through, uh, at least starting our journey to the Rise of Skywalker with the novel Resistance Reborn, which comes out on November 5th. So if you'd like to join us, uh, please join us on our book club page, which is TSO Book Club on Facebook. We'd love to have you join in on our discussions there. Jesse, before we go, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right. We'd love to have you follow us on any of our social media pages. If you're looking to listen to us, uh, our podcast, you can find us on uh, iTunes. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store. You can also find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side and you'll find all of our episodes there. You've been listening to episode 150 of Twin Suns Transmission. And for everyone here at Twin Suns, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time and may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Airmaster, Tatooine. It's controlled by the Hut. Rendezvous point on Halloween. This 
Don't you admire to meet the king?